Welcome to the Farmcast. We're a couple of days after Milan San Remo, but I suspect you've got more you want to talk about, Derek. How you been, mate? Uh, a little bit of sickness, so we missed a kind of a, a preview show before Milan San Remo. Um, although I did get yeah, out I got, of the... I got too many details of that. I'm sorry, I don't want to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> no problems, but I did, I did get a, I did get a few um, <laughs> few tweets out about what I thought would happen. I wasn't too far off with the front group, um, but I suppose that my my thoughts on uh, Milan were based off what had happened at Torino and Paris and everything else. So I was surprised that so many coming from Paris had had made the front group. But mm-hmm. again, as, as previous years, the winner came from the Torino side. It's funny actually because um, I mean I I was we recorded where. Scott earlier on and I said that it was like the Eric Morecambe thing where we got all the right names but not necessarily in the right order um, and Paris-Nice and Terreno they're different races now, I mean I still prefer Paris-Nice but Terreno produced a lot of people coming into a lot of good form and, and that was shown really really clearly at Milan San Remo Terreno I thought was, was a magnificent race, brilliant finish, very, very close finish in the time trial and beautifully balanced. But for some reason I still prefer Paris Nice. Yeah, I, I I yeah, I I think I think it's just do oh, I'm gonna insult some people here now, I don't really mean to. I just think that um it's down to it I don't I don't like Italian races. I just think their roads are kind of poorer, their their road infrastructure I, I and it just does, in parts it just doesn't look as nice, or uh, you know when it gets when it gets grubby in Italy it gets very grubby, and then you have fantastic sea views or fantastic mountain views or whatever else, but in between it's, it's very very grubby. It kind of reminds me of an elongated the Asia area, you know the, the the northwest and all that the kind of industrialized area. It's not great. I I, I don't. I don't engage with the Italian races as much as I should, and even Lombardy at the end of the season, it's lovely. But I'm looking at the roads going ter- terrible condition over there. How are they running? A, how are they running a World Tour race on this? How are they running a monument on this? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I do have a bit of love for Paris, and I suppose as well this year um, with the echelons, with the heavy winds, with everything split to shit, um, it really was a completely different race from Torino, and really kind of. I don't know, whetted the appetite for a European season and whetted the appetite for the upcoming classics. Yeah, and let's face it, the Irish owned it for a decade. That's been pretty, to influence your uh, your opinion. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Um, we've got to say, though, Terreno is, is possibly the best, most exciting finish we've seen in a, a week-long race for a very long time. That time trial was absolutely... N- it was a nail-biting finish. And I thought for a change, I mean, you know, you and I have often talked about time trial coverage and I, I really hate the fact that we don't get enough data we don't get the timings i thought Torino did it perfectly right down at the point where they did a timer for the last minute to see yep. if yates could you know could come in in time to take the, the the victory from roglic it was it was brilliant i mean the tension just built up and to see a race decided by a second it, it can't be bad it was it was hugely exciting no, and there was a lot of undercurrents throughout Torino. Like you know, you had Sagan was sprinting well there as well. Uh, Gaviria was there thereabouts, and then you kind of had the GC lads. They were kind of facing off against each other in different modes. You know, you had a couple of them going for the overall, and then you had Dumoulin who was kind of there threatening, uh, who did very well in the the final time trial as well. And mm-hmm. I know, I know, he didn't win it overall, but yeah, everything built. Oh, I'm going to use it. I was going to use the term everything built to a crescendo. And I feel I feel dirty for using that. 
season-long narrative, mate. Yes, yes. Tell it. <laughs> Are they going to come out with a new new saying that they're changing teams as well? I tell you what. I mean, let's look at Paris Nice as well. Egan Bernal is he is he the raider of the future? I mean, he's incredibly young, and rode with huge maturity. Team Sky have signed him for a or Team Ineos going forward for a really long period. I could see him being the person that takes over when Kroon retires. I mean, the Tour de France could be Team Ineos for the next five years. Yeah, I, I suppose. Uh, um, yeah, he is definitely one of the riders of the future. Um, again, we look back and we talk Quintana was one of these riders, we talked Aru was one of these riders, and it's just that he's, 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 he's going through the stage gates now. You know, they're incremental, right? He's done the, the one-week stage race. He needs to do maybe... I know he's going to Giro, but he needs to do something a little bit longer. Uh, you know, and he needs to build up through these things. The the Giro will be the first massive test he's faced because it's the first one where he'll be in. He might be in pink. He might be doing all the press work. He might be getting that that hour late back to the hotel. And it's going to be interesting to see where he is at the end of the Giro, and as well as that, then to see where he is for the rest of the season, how much that Giro takes out of him, whether his body responds to it. Um, and then to see where he kicks on from there, I, there's huge potential there, and Sky have paid big money for that huge potential, and that's I think that's what they, they they've 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 signed them up for because they they put down the big contract to make sure that everything was okay and to make sure that they they had him for those few years, and I'm very cynical. I think that Team Ineos has come together because I think uh, Jim Radcliffe, the owner, wants that that five in a row. He doesn't want that five in a row for Froome, possibly been team skies he wants it for his own kind of glory i think that's probably why they're they're changing midstream in, in this year i tell you what though i mean one thing that really changed my mind about bernal i mean i i know he's a climbing talent i know he's a, a huge engine we've seen him perform in those echelons early on in paris nice i mean luke Rowe did a magnificent job guiding him you know brilliant road captain but Bernal was able to take the pressure of those echelons, and that's a rare thing amongst the GC guy. It is, and look, you can have your your big guy leading you out, but if you don't have the temerity to hold his wheel, to stay in that gap, to hold, you know, to do the the other necessary bits, right? Making the echelon is one thing, but holding your wheel in it, staying in rotation, not getting blown out of line, not getting bumped by some of the bigger guys that are in in the, the echelon. You know, there, there's there's so much more going on in that echelon rather than, as well as competing against the wind, but competing against everyone else. And it, it's a, it's a shitstorm in there. It's a fight for every wheel. It's a fight for yeah, every you've got to be able to swear. You've got to be able to hold your place. You've got to be able to be confident enough to say, no, stuff it, I'm here. You yeah. can fuck right off. Yeah, you know, you've got to, you've got to be able to stick the head into someone's rib cage, and, you know lean on him or whatever you need to do and you need to be able to ride like that and he did all that sort of stuff very very well and he had Kiwitowski and, and Luke Rowe looking after him and I think um, I think Luke Rowe will will do well this season I think with uh, Duel also showing his his form earlier on in one of the the weekends two weekends ago um, they they could have a they could have a good a good say at one of the the semi Semi classics, I think one of the two of them will do very well in one of those, in one of the kind of Belgian classics later on. But um, yeah, I think he's done. Bernal has done very, very well and was attentive every day and did not switch off or did not, uh, you know, did not miss a beat, did not, you know, didn't do anything wrong, didn't put a foot wrong, and it augurs very, very well. 
But at the same time, there's a difference between him being looked after and him having to do it for himself. Um, and he has to mark rivals. He has to know who's going where and whatever's happening. Yeah, and, when you're doing a group of five in a high mountain. Yeah, and who's up the road and who's back the road and all that sort of stuff. And look, that that's going to be... It, it was a very, very good um, developmental week for him in Paris-Nice. Um, very interesting to see, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does for the rest of the season. I think one of the best pictures of the season I've seen so far was Luke Crow licking his fingers, sticking it up in the air to see what direction the wind was coming from, and then fucking off into the gutter and causing pain for lots of people. Yeah, it was. It was. It was comedy gold. Like, and it's, it's not something you kind of associate with Team Sky. Um, it's not the behaviour you associate with Team Sky, or it's not the kind of, the, uh, the calculating kind of manner you associate with them they literally just went out and caused chaos didn't they no it was brilliant and i mean we saw that in milan san remo i mean they were one of the the instrumental teams in forcing the pace to the foot of the podio um and it's one of those races of all the monuments i could i'm pretty sure it's my least favorite although i've, I've kind of gone awfully age past only asia bit now i mean that's become a bit formulaic and i'm quite looking forward to the change in the finish this year, which takes it back to the way it used to be, really. Um, but although it is that hugely long warm-up with you know 30, 40k racing at the finish, I thought the finish was magnificent. I mean, we saw Quickstep to Koenig perform absolutely to the limit. You know, they protected their guy. They had other guys in there who were ready to step up. But we saw other folk ready to take it to them. And in the end, the strongest man won. But the finish was absolutely chaotic. I mean, I, I don't think anybody could have predicted what was going to happen in the Via Roma. Mm. 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 Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, uh, yeah. Well, everybody could have, everybody could have predicted Alaphilippe was going to win, and everybody did. But right. I think the mistakes that were made and the people who were in that group was a bit of a surprise, you know, behind that obvious prediction. No, I don't think so. I, I think right, uh, Nassan has been uh, has been riding very well. Uh, Trenton has been riding very, very, very well and has been up in a couple of the, the mountainous stages. So I, I, I on Saturday I, I had tipped Trenton to be. I, I'd figured out that well, my prediction was that Sagan would try and attack at the towards the end of the Poggio, would take a Alaphilippe with him. Most likely, someone like a Trenton would go with him as well. Um, and I, I should have said Nassan as well, and I really did feel that. He was there, and it's very it's very easy for me to say this and not be. See, dispar- I think he's taken a step up. I mean, he's been impressive, and, and we yeah. were all surprised to see the AG two R jerseys and those horrible brown shorts at the front, and you know that crash in Flanders where the bag took him and Sagan down. He showed that he was he was capable of being there, but I think he actually looks far more impressive this year than he's looked in previous years. Yep. And he would be one of my outside bets for Flanders. So from that point of view, I, uh, the group wasn't a surprise to me who, who was there. What was a big surprise to me was how everyone in that group rode against themselves. Um, Sagan last year showed that, you know, when Nibali attacked, he peeled off. He left everyone, he left everyone see the attack and he didn't cover it. Mm. Um, you know, and that, that was the what we've been saying before, we've been saying this for years, Sagan needed to do that. He needed to take the time to swing off an attack and go, right, lads, I'm not going to blink. Are you going to be ch-? prepared to lose in order to win. 
I'm not going to chase him down. It's up to you. And if you saw the Trenton attack, uh, Van Aert covered him. Uh, Sagan, probably, I'd say, whatever he had left, he, he, blew, his la- he blew his legs there. Uh, he couldn't get on to Van Aert. And at that point, Sagan had rolled against himself. Sagan, at that point, should have, before he, he covered it, he should have rolled and given everyone else a look at it. Um, and, and made them panic. If you saw, once the first attack went from Alaphilippe, Alaphilippe was not seen in that group. He didn't do a tap. Um, he didn't panic. He didn't do anything stupid. He was the only one that rode for himself and rode towards his own capa- capabilities. Trenton was the best best sprinter there. Toss up between Trenton and Nassen. Uh, what Trenton, Trenton r- spent ages out in the wind, though. I mean, we saw Trenton d- out in the side quite a lot of the time. Yeah, and I think that that just wasted his legs in the podium before he even got to the finish. Yeah, and he atta- and he attacked in a stupid place as well. Um, you know, I don't know. Well, no, he panicked a bit. I I I think lads just panicked a bit once they once they once they came down off that that climb. Um, Van Aert. I'm going to insult a load of people again here now, and this is two insults so far in this, this podcast, and we're not even 15 minutes in. He's the new Sepp Van Mark. He's he's going See, to. Be I think po- he's going to win Ruby. No, I, I, just, I genuinely do. I think I think this is a transition year. I think last year we saw him when he cramped up in that final climb in Strada Bianchi. I think he was really struggling with the transition from the intense effort of one-hour cyclocross races to, to long road races. This was a seven-hour race, and he was there at the finish. I think he's going to step up. Yeah, um, I don't think that was cramp on the, the climb last year. I think he uh, the legs just fell off for other reasons. Um, but I, why I don't think he's, he's going to win big... <sighs> He doesn't have the snap. He doesn't have the attack of a Sagan. He doesn't have the power of a Sagan. He doesn't have the smarts of a Van Avermaet. Yeah, um, he needs to win solo. Um, if he's going to win. Yeah. So I, 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 how he's going to win is is questionable for me. Um, if it comes down to a group, Sagan, Van Avermaet, uh, Trenton, Gilbert, Van Aert, I, I put him, I put him third to fifth of that group. You know, I. I don't see him finishing off that. I don't see him with a massive kick. I don't see him with the afterburners. I don't see him with the snap that's required to finish off those people. Um, I think he's definitely, you know, a big talent. Um, but I just, I don't, I don't see how he, uh, I see his transition. And I agree for him to come from one hour racing, all that sort of stuff to be at the end of a seven hour race is a f- fantastic achievement. And I doff my hat to him and everything else, but I just don't see that, that spring, that's that's. I don't see that difference. That one percent that makes that will make him great. I think he could be, as I said, very much like a Seb Van Mark, a guy who can take a hit. That's harsh, mate. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I he'll take a a KBK, a head fork, You know, it's one of the semi classics. Uh, maybe a Ghent, uh, Ghent Wevelgem, something like that. But I don't, I don't necessarily see him winning big like a Roubaix or Flanders. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, you've got... You talked about Trentine there. I mean, I think Trentine attacked because he knew he didn't have it in his legs for the sprint. I think he I think he was done. And Persigan, we saw 
just a, a, a roll call of errors from him in the finale. You know, he was caught in the front where he should have been at the back. He looked the wrong way. Uh, you know, the people who he shouldn't have worried about, while well, the people he should have worried about were on the other side. He left a gap in the barriers for folk to go through and sprint past him. I think Sagan... You know, we've talked about how he's lost a bit of weight. We've talked about how he's had these stomach problems. I think he was there through pure class. He he wasn't there because he had the form. You know, I, I think in that end, he was absolutely fucked. You know, it, his head just wasn't in it. And he was just trying his best. I think we saw a Peters again absolutely at the end of his tether. And the mistakes were due to exhaustion rather than just stupidity. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with you there. I, like I said, at the time when I saw the sprint, I just said Sagan didn't have a leg. He just he did look comfortable, and he always looks comfortable at the end of races. He looked like he looked like me trying to sprint for a 30 sign while I'm out in a club run with people better than me. Yeah. Um, and he, he shouldn't have been outclassed by anyone in that group. Um, but again, we go back to a couple of podcasts ago. You know, the, the one thing that I wanted to see from Sagan this year was him winning as a favourite, him... Sagan is a, gr- is, is a great cyclist, but to be one of the greats, I think he now needs to pivot. I think he now needs to look possibly at the Tom Boonen model, skip the Grand Tour. What's what's another green jersey to him? Um, you know, demolish, you know, you know really... Build cannibal- his Yeah, cannibalise the, the Spring Classics. You know, take it, if he, if he can... You know, say, put everything in, in Milan. Uh, Flanders, Roubaix. Possibly even with the new finish in Liège, see how he goes this year. But I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't see what another green jersey is going to do for him. What another couple of Roubaix, Flanders and Milan San Remo will do for him will take him to the next level as one of the greats of all time. Um, I think he's, 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 got to, he's got to kind of pick that, that time now. And I suppose the other thing as well is what's disappointing for me is he's been the, the talk is that this Milan that Milan San Remo is the one thing that he wants to win. That's the one thing is missing off his Palmares that he really well, it's wants. He's been second or, or or close so often. And yet every time it comes to a finish, he fucks it up, and he's like a he rides every time when he comes to the Milan San Remo finish like like a junior who's been stronger than everyone else, and it's kind of now the first year, second year, senior, yeah. and doesn't use doesn't use the brain um and it's um it, it, it how many more times does he, does he have to mess this up before he wins it and how many more times does he, have, does he have to mess it up before he learns from it and they're worrying signs for for Sagan and um you know look you look at Alain Philippe like once the break was made and once they were all away I I generally don't think he did a tap now look there wasn't much to do there there wasn't much, you know. It's not as if they were trying to build a thirty-second gap. It's not as if they were riding through trying to get away. You know, it was just kind of. And the fact they eased off in the descent, people were able to come back to them. Yeah, um, and Big Tam came across like, and uh, you know, look, I, I question, I question what, I question what Borer were at there. Um, I don't know what Oss was doing trying to bridge across. Um, ah, it, look, it was. Uh, I don't know. I'm very dis- I'm very disappointed in that Boer team, um, both from a Sagan point of view and um, how they looked after Sam. And I'll be sore for that for a few days because I think, yeah, I think Sam could have had a good shot at that. But I think Sagan, 
even though he was in the break, had the the people that he could have bet in the break. Like you said, whether he was legless, whether he was just still fucked from Torino, where he hadn't recovered fully, he just he made every mistake possible for him to make, and that's disappointing. Let's take a step back, actually, because you mentioned Sam there, and Sam was my pick for the victory. Um, when Scott and I did the preview show for the Velocast, Sam Bennett was was my pick. Um, Sam is just hammering home the fact that Boris should not be leaving him out of their major races, isn't he? He is, but he's, he's class apart, and he just all he needs to do keep doing is just keep winning. Every opportunity he has, just keep winning, um, and take the opportunities when he can. Um, and I suppose the one thing that I will say about a Sagan-based team, whenever Sagan is in a team, he's always going to be numero uno. Um, yeah, so, quite justifiably. Yeah, no, and without doubt. But I think that Bora don't use that as a weapon against everyone else. Um, and they need to be smarter with that, and they need to put Sagan last man on Sam's wheel, for instance. You know, they 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 need to they need to quick step their their team. Quick step will fuck with other people's leadouts. They will put riders behind the sprinter. options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll make you they'll make you think. They'll make you wonder what's going on. Um, and I just there's not that next level thinking or does not that uh, intuition in the sprint or how they're looking after the riders or what they're doing in, in, at quicks or at, at Bora. I think they could possibly do with bringing in a Tom Steeles, a Boonin, someone, you know, to just finesse that last little bit and to out quick step, quick step. Yeah. Um, well, I think the talent. They have, yeah. And I think Sam, all he has to do is just keep winning and keep winning. And I know this year is contract year for Sam, um, you know, and he's won San Juan, Dubai, Paris-Nice. Um, you know, anyone else uh, would ha- to have those wins under their arse uh, at this time of the year, they'd, they'd be laughing. But he, he, I think he's going to kick on. Um, I'd love to see him in a trick, say, a Fredo jersey or something. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because, um, you know, the talk is Boer still want him there. Um, but you have the likes of Buani at Cofidis, uh, 1.5 million a year. Um, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of movement, I'd say, again, this year. Uh, you know, like with uh, Total coming in to take over Direct Energy, mm-hmm. um, Ineos coming in. Um, for Sky, you're going to see. Yes. You know, yeah. Um, you're going to see a lot of money pumped back into it again. You're going to see a, f- a few changes. I, I have a feeling you're going to see a few strange moves next season or the end of this season. Um, so it's going to be interesting that way. And there's going to be a few lads that are up in contract year as well. Um, so yeah, we're going to be going to be interesting to see. And I suppose is it, is this Gilbert's contract year as well? Yeah, I think it is. And I mean, he looked really strong. We saw a really nice quote today where Gilbert asked Alaphilippe what, you know, what pace he wanted in the Poggio. And Alaphilippe said, you know, flat out. And Gilbert duly delivered. I think Gilbert had been given leeway to attack in the Chipressa. But the tailwind, I think, maybe stifled that a wee bit. Um, Alaphilippe, meanwhile, getting back to, to Milan San Remo, rode in exactly the way that we normally expect Sagan to ride. He's the strongest rider in the world just now, without doubt. You know, to produce north of a thousand watts after three hundred kilometers in the company like that, 
Um, it was just a magnificent win. And I was really, really pleased to see how emotional he was. To see people who are just passionate about cycling just warms the cockles in my heart. Yeah, and look, it's not his first time doing it. And um, he's he's not an unknown quantity. It's not as if he's just some neo-pro who's just beasted all the lads. Still uh, a young lad, though. I mean, a huge career ahead of him. Yeah, very much so. But it kind of, it's, do you not find it a bit upsetting that the the current Tour de France King of the Mountains um, jersey holder or winner from last year or whatever else has won the Sprinters Classic? It's magnificent. I mean, I think Killian posted a tweet and there's only, I think, four people who've done it before him. Um, and to me, that puts him almost a step ahead of Sagan. You know, he's such a rounded rider. He's capable. It's kind of like Lauren Chalabert, but better. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Um, I I have a, a huge disrespect for Jalabert, a few more of those boys from that era, um, because of their cyclism, yeah. uh, you know, um, their doping past. And ah, yeah, I, I, he he looks he looks like a he looks like someone who can win anywhere uh, on any given day. I wouldn't uh, bet against him for Flanders. Yeah, uh, I think Roubaix. I mean, he's he's not built for the cobbles, but he could probably cope with them. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got Gilbert talking about going for all five of the monuments. For me, Alaphilippe is one of the few people who could credibly go for that. I agree there, but I think uh, this year with Flanders and Alaphilippe, I think, and um, I suppose we we spoken this uh, spoken about this before with uh, Flesh Wallon. I think Flanders is something that you need to learn. Flanders is not something you you rock up to and you win. Yeah. Um. Not only do you need to learn it body wise, but I think the body needs to adapt. Uh, and find out how it goes over those <clears throat> over the cobbles and how tired you get and you know look we've spoken about this as well um you know when you're mountain biking when you're tired you're suddenly offline and the 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 half inch in two or three turns becomes six inches and suddenly you're into a tree or something like that and this uh, is you start happens. looking at the things you, you shouldn't hit as opposed to the line you want to take yeah and again, this happens with Flanders. Not that you're going to crash or anything like that, but you just the, the cobbles take so much out of you, the bergs take so much out of you that you're just not on the right line all of the time. And eventually, when that attack comes or when someone tries to go, you just don't have that 1% to, to stay with them and you're gone. And even you look last year at Roubaix when Sagan went, Sagan didn't really seem to attack. He just kind of fell off the front. Right, floated off the front. But it was after a period a period of a number of attacks and number of chases and everything else, and it was the perfect time. It was when everyone else was on their limit and trying to they were breeding through their arse and Sagan just went, I have two percent here, I'm tipping away. And no one had the reserve to, to go with him. Mm-hmm. And and that's the difference. And I think it'll be interesting to see if Alaphilippe does does Flanders. Um but it'll be interesting to see him against Terpstra, Trenton, you know, the the big big guys and see how he fares out when they open up the taps and see if they put in a big attack and see how he fares out then. Um, plus as well, I think uh, the, the Finnish in Flanders, it's a bit more open. Um, it may not suit him, but look, he he bet some very, very good sprinters there in, in Milan San Remo, so everything's up for, up for debate where Alaphilippe is concerned. Thousand watts after three hundred kilometers, unbelievable. Yeah, um, and I don't mean that in a, a pejorative. No, way. no, no, I mean, no it's I just know, a I superb performance. 
I agree. I agree. And I think um, as well as that, there's, you know, some questions. Uh, there's some shade been thrown over the quick step ascent of the, the Poggio, but I've heard mixed reports that there was a, a roaring tailwind. And then I heard there was Roaring a tailwind, and it, arguably it's the fastest. Corriere della Sera said it was the fastest, and more, you know, some other folks said it was four seconds slower than Jalabert and Fondriest in '95. Yeah. So I mean, who the hell knows? But it was bloody quick. But I mean, the tarmac surface has changed since then. It's far smoother than it was, I think, uh, back in back in the day, and certainly a cross tailwind at worst. Yeah. So they had, I mean, they had a lot of help. They did, and as well as that, I think uh, the Cipresso was written was written a lot softer this time round. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, yeah, they're they're able to go full gas into it as well, and like you can even see uh, Gilbert at some point was lifting off, coming up around the corners, like you know. So look, breaking around the corners, going uphill, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, look, they, they they rode very well. I think I thought perhaps Sagan would have liked the the Cipresso rode a bit harder, not f- not full chat or not full gas, but. Um, maybe it would have just tinned out that bunch a bit bit more, and maybe taken out a, taken a bit out of someone else's legs rather than his own. Uh, so look, there's, there's ah, it's one of those ones where I think a few people just weren't on the right form for the day, and Alaphilippe just took it. Smartest man on the day one. I tell you one thing that, or one person that really struck me. Um, we had that horrible accident out training with Giant that saw John Dane called nearly lose a finger. And he was he was in touch. You know, he was slightly badly positioned in the podio, but he was strong enough to be one of those guys who might have made that split and had a mechanical. I mean, one by again, after all, you know, the Rick Delaney Aqua Blue stuff. Um he derailed his his chain in the front, couldn't get back on. Uh, but he was really strong. I was I was quite chuffed to see Dagan Cobb do well, uh, and I would love to see him perform well in the classics that are still to come. Yeah, and I think um, I would be very much surprised if Trek did not fuck that one by system off for Roubaix and Flanders. I've said I've said so often it's perfect for recreational cyclists. It's entirely unsuited for, for professional road racing. Hundred percent. You know, it, it's it's just the wrong tool for the job. It's it's absolutely mental. Yeah, look, perhaps a long mountain. Uh, sorry, uh, maybe you know, like the way that the tour has done short mountain stages. Yeah, uh, and it's just it's just tree calls or whatever else. Maybe on a day like that, that that's what they, they, they it would be useful for. That's probably about the only application I can see it for. Or maybe Paddy Roubaix, but I'd put a front derailer on anyway to keep the chain in check. Yeah, um, I don't know. I I still think, you know, um, you know, Christoph has been running a fifty-five, maybe a bit bigger on on Roubaix. What are you going to have to run to if he's running a fifty-five eleven? What would you have to run in single gear to be the equivalent of that? Yeah, I mean it's it's just not appropriate. Um, and to see Deacon Cole actually up there, it, it, it did it made me happy. Uh, but there's some other folk. I mean, I won't particularly mention Oliver Nassen. We've seen him before. He had that crash when Sagan hit somebody's bag or jacket or whatever um, on on one of the bergs in Flanders. I can't help but feel that Oliver Nassen's going to win something big this year. That was a brilliant performance from him. 
No, hundred percent, and he he rode very well um, just before, and he's doing all the right things, and he's doing the right things in the right way. Um, he's not like a guy who's riding on his limit, who is just after making the group and is kind of on his limit to get into the group. He looked as if he was a guy that deserved to be there and literally could have won that on, on the day. Um, and it's good that he, he got a chance at Milan because it brings up the confidence and it also gives him gives him to something, something to work on. Um, yeah. And look, uh, it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, if, I think... Van Avermaet is going backwards badly, um, so it's good. He to seems have... really unsettled in that team, and and the team themselves don't seem to be there. It's not just a straight port of BMC. It it seems to be a team that's changed. Yeah, it seems to be a yellow pack or little BMC. I don't know. It just yeah, it's it's BMC light. It doesn't it's it doesn't have the same power you know that they had previously, and even on uh, the Chaplessa. Um, Sagan bumped him out of the way for Alaphilippe's wheel and there wasn't much of a fight out of him was there? No no I mean Greg Van Avermaet is uh, I mean he's one of the best riders in the world but I do get the feeling he's going to win big this year because it doesn't feel like a complete unit BMC for all their flaws with you know too many chiefs not enough Indians which I've, I've got a row for in the past I'm not I'm, I'm not being pejorative about Native Americans um, you know all of the money that went into BMC, the the CCC team just doesn't seem to be coalescing as well. It doesn't seem no. to feel as good as a team. No, it doesn't. Um, and I just wonder, is he on a longer contract or is he only on a short-term contract there? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, looking forward, going to Flanders and Roubaix, um, who, are, who are you thinking about? Sharp and take a breath. Hmm. I think we're going to see two winners. I had I had pegged Van Barl for one of these two from early season from from Yeah, broke the hand in yeah. KBK. Um, I think Sky will have a hand in some of the semi classics coming up towards him, and uh, they'll build a bit of form. I I could see. A row or duel taking a win in one of those, you know, one of the kind of midweek races, yep. the, the, the semi classics coming into it. Um, Trenton has been riding well, but I, I, I don't know if he's a, a lad that's on his limit. Um, and I think he looked at his on his limit at the weekend, but after three hundred k, who the hell, can, you know, how can you blame him? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I, I do think that uh, his team is shit. Um, and they won't be able to do what they need to do to get him into the place where he needs to get into. Mm. Um, so he's going to have to spend some energy. I could see him knocking on the door. I could see him being in in, in the group in Roubaix. Uh, I think Van Mark, probably this is one of the last rolls of the dice for him. Um, but he's, he's in a settled team. He has Finney, and Finney loves Roubaix. And it's got to be saying education first looked like a team on the up. Yeah, the, the, a team very you know, much. You know, where that... and Craddock at the weekend both having a good dig. Yeah, and I think that they've 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 found a team, John. I, I, I in comparison to say CCC, where there was just a collection of lads there and kind mm-hmm. of people are trying to find out who's who. And 
I, I think EF have settled into being a team. Um, I think they're they're really kind of enjoying the role, and I think they they all know who's who, who can do what, and they will ride for one another, and they will ride together. And I think that that does that says a lot about the structure and everything else. Um, I can see again Van Mark been there thereabouts. Roubaix, um, will he win? No. Uh, brave words, Derek. So far out, but I, I, yeah. Look, it's interesting. I, I could see, I can see Quickstep not winning any any of any of the two Cobble monu- monuments. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I genuinely, I, it's a stupid time to make picks. You know, we're far no. too far away. But I, I mean, I, I could genuinely see Oliver Nassin winning Tour de Flanders and. <laughs> In spite of your reservations, I think Van Aert could could win Paris-Roubaix. And I think both of those results would be fantastic for cycling because it would spread it about a bit. Yeah, I'm not Van Aert's biggest fan. Um, the yeah, route to Jumbo has stood him in good stead. I think it's far better than him riding in some you know, crappy continental team. Yeah, and I, I don't think he's going to go astray there. I think Jumbo are very, very straight. They're very, very smart. Um, they're very, very intelligent what, what they're spending their money on. They're very, very intelligent around riders, management, uh, doctors, health, and everything else. And I think if a rider is good, they will get the very best of them out, out of them there. Um, if, a rider, if a rider can't get results at Jumbo uh, or Visma as they're now, I don't think he's going to get. I don't think they're going to get results anywhere. Um, I'm quite excited to watch them during the Grand Tours, actually. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to be interested to see if they go all in for the Tour of France and bring the full. If they bring Roglic, uh, Bennett, um, oh Cruzwick as well, and yeah. put and put them all in behind one. Put them all in behind one rider. Or, keep two of them close like they did like they've they've done previously and see if they can create a bit of chaos against Sky. Um they really do they really have taken what Sky have done with technology, marginal gains and training and kind of I think they've taken it a step further and they've done it with less of a budget and with I don't want to say lesser riders, but not riders of the same pedigree. Unrecognisable to the same team three years ago. Oh yeah, very much so. But I think they've had to work with riders that they don't have the money to go out and buy a Bernal. They don't have the money mm. to go out and buy a Sosa. Um, but because of that, they are getting uh, riders that are going to, you know, uh, the American Paulus who didn't sign for EF. They're getting good riders because of the way they're running the team and the way they're running everything in the background. Um, so I, I think they're a team very much on the up and a team that are showing the the way forward for cycling. Um, but yeah, look, yeah, my 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 version of John's Di two uh, prediction: Quick Step won't win any of the two cobble monuments. Uh, yeah, I I can see Nassen winning Flanders. Um, Ruby is tricky. It really is. I mean, I, I've been I've been swithering back and forth about Ruby. I could easily see Sagan doing it again. Um, I I think Van Aert's absolutely capable of it. But if you look at that final group in Milan San Remo, there are a few folk in there that could win Ruby as well. Very much so. 
Right. You know, it's exciting stuff. It is. And it's uh, this far out, you know, like, look, like we said, uh, we're not sure if Sagan is sick, whether he's still recovering from Torino, whether he's just not at his best and he's, he's looking towards the age. Um, so it's hard, to, it's hard to gauge him there. But he, he's going to be a factor. I don't think... Oh, I, I don't think GVA will be a factor in any of the two races. No, neither do I. Neither do I. Anyway, let, let's cut to the chase. We're 40 minutes in, which is pretty long for a flam cast. What's this doping scandal in Irish cycling, mate? Uh, South African cycling, I think you'll find. <laughs> Uh, it was in Sticky Bottle, which is, is something that Killian's written for in the past. It's, I mean, it's it's a piece. It's a man with a, an unbelievable name's been popped for a relatively obsolete drug. Um, the only thing that, that deeply perturbs me is that juniors and doping in, in one sentence is a bad thing. Yeah, it's a Ricardo, Ricardo Broxham. Um, so he's a South African writer. Um, I think he's both... Uh, national uh, road and TT junior, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and he j- just won the the junior tour of Ireland. Junior tour of Ireland is a fantastic little race, um, that has produced some fantastic riders over the years. Scanlon, Wiggins, Hoy, um, Who? yes, yes, Sir Chris Hoy rode the junior tour of Ireland. Bloody good road man in his day, actually, before he yes. got really bulky. It's it's yeah. good to be said. Um, yeah, so Broxham was was pinged, I think, about a month afterwards for um, heptapenol. It's a stimulant, uh, increases the blood flow, uh, kind of, yeah, it's been banned, it's been unbanned, it's been banned. But yeah, he's got a he's got a one year ban, and yeah, you 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 really got to wonder about a an under eighteen rider been handed something like that. Uh, I, I don't think he submitted a defense of s- contaminated substance or contaminated supplement or contaminated anything. Um, so it's a uh, worrying to see that <sighs> worrying to see that happening. Um, uh, worrying to see it um, so young, uh, but on the other side, he got caught, which is a good thing. Yeah. I've got to say as well, um, you and I were talking about equipment during the week and uh, I've put a set of wheels based on your recommendation. So if they're shite, I'll come and hunt you now. Hey, hunt me down, way. Um, oh, see, I did a joke there because it's hunt wheels, isn't it? It is. Well done. <laughs> um, I have to tell people, in complete honesty, I, I, I went and met a mate for a couple of pints before we recorded tonight. So thank you for bearing with me, Derek. No problem, um, sir. We'll be back very soon for another edition of the Farmcast. Uh, and with the classics coming up, I suspect it'll be a bit more frequent than once a fortnight. Take care, everyone.